Welcome to the Center for Spiritual Living White Rock, a learning center for practical spirituality. The words you are about to hear will inspire a shift in your perspective to see what is possible by means of you right now and affirm your soul's knowing about taking that next step in your life for your own highest good. today in a theme called The Creative Process in the Individual, which is a book written by Dr. Judge Thomas Troward, is Living Unplugged. And you know what changes you would make in your life that would make your life more meaningful? I'm sure each one of you know that. But I'm guessing that many of you, like me, find many excuses for not making those changes just now. <clears throat> you know, it's a thing of freedom. It's a thing of expansion. That's what's happening through us, and sometimes it seems to move too fast, but I would propose to you that it's the world that's moving pretty quickly outside of you, um, that yes, you have a role in playing as to how you receive it and how you perceive it, and how you respond to it. But evolution is always happening, and you can ride the wave, or you can just step back from it. Always the choice that we have. And so what I know from my life is that I'm always in control of what I choose. Even when I'm not conscious of what I choose, I'm still choosing. So that's something I rely on. But I, you know, I think that when we live a life unplugged, we need to unplug from not only the normal things, like living off the grid or technology, well, let's take a day away from the phone. Please, God, away from the computer. I mean, yes, you can look at Unplugged that way. But, um, you know, there's concerts that are unplugged, right? With more uh, 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 acoustic, instead of electronic music. Um, some just a cappella, just soft, simple, clean, and pure. But often in our lives, we, we've got all the electronics happening. They got everything plugged in. I look at my kitchen counter. Oh my God, I keep buying new things. I just now got one of those fabulous grills so I can make a grilled burrito. Like, I, you know, I don't know, it was a dollar. I love burritos. Figure, oh, I'll save money going out there, but I still buy them out there. But I look at it and it's all crammed, all my little stuff, you know, my kettle and my toaster and my can over, let's see, my Omega juicer, my mixer, my, and I come into my kitchen, I'm like, so when I moved in here, it was all clean. So that's kind of like our life. We collect a lot of things, don't we? Unplugged. There's a freedom, um, a seduction about letting things go. But often when we let them go, we unplug so completely that we're not plugged into what's going on. We're not, we're not apprised. We're not even necessarily apprised to um, the things that we enjoy about our life you know, in this physical realm. So we disconnect, or we're right in the middle of the chaos. So how do we move, unplugged, in the middle, you know, 
and hold both. Seems like it's a theme of many of my talks. You're probably thinking that. I just had that thought. I might have picked it up from you, Jenna. I don't know. Probably. She's going to talk about that again. <laughs> but um, I think I want to look at the idea of unplugged is being un big ears, unprepared, no safety net, showing up as you are. That's it. No preparation. Now I'm talking about the physical world. Like I'm going to talk here. Jill and I, where I'm staying at Jill's, and, and uh, Jill says, well, it's called unplugged. What are you going to do today? Are you going to use your nose? I'm like, I don't know. But here it is. How are you when you decide what you're going to do? How are you going to experience it? Who are you going to be in it? Are you going to be plugged in and worried about how it's going to be, how you're going to sound, what people are going to think, or are you just going to show up? Now, how we prepare is we prepare in the spiritual realm. We prepare with how the conversations that we constantly are disciplined to have in our head. We move away from those negative and limiting self-images self so that we can enhance a greater truth about who we are, even if we don't believe it, until we do believe it. And when we don't believe it, we lean into the faith of this beautiful creative process that's happening universally all the time, which we also call the law of cause and effect, which takes the invisible spiritual substance that is everywhere present and moves it or specializes it into a specific form which we can recognize through our senses. That's basically the creative process. Universally it happens, and it happens in, as, and through us. So when I think about that creative process, I go, well, I can show up without being prepared. And then I was here early. Because <laughs> I wanted to make sure, because we talked about making sure that opening song was up and running for today. But there's something to do showing up in your life, don't you think? And just being there. Just being there. And, and I'm, not, <clears throat> I'm not giving you lots of answers to anything. Because it's not mine to do. It is yours to discover in the moment. Because I know each and every one of you who are on the spiritual path have a very clear intention. It may come in the definition of improving your life or improving yourself, or it may not. It may just be, I just want to accept life as it is, as I am. I want to accept me as I am. Maybe that's what's foremost in your mind, in your quest. But only you can answer those things, those questions, and only you can create the questions. And only you can open up to have faith in this beautiful creative process, which unfolds by means of your direction of thought and deep desire. You're the only ones that can interpret what the effects are. So yes, it's all on you, but you're not alone. In times like this when we gather, or times like when we, when we read our beautiful books in front of the fireplace, a little glass of wine, or when we're in a classroom with others, or when we're in a counseling session, or um, when we happen upon a random act of kindness and just feel the heartbeat of 
who we would consider formally before we felt the heartbeat of stranger, those moments when we know we know. And it's those moments when we know we know that we can afford to and allow to take a, have a little more courage to say, and there's so much I don't know. Can I live in the I don't know as much as I try to grab onto what I do know and what I want to know and what I have to know? Can we live there? Can that be our reality? Well, I'm thinking it's God's reality because it's infinite, right? And you never know what's coming around. You can, you can set an intention, which is what we teach, for sure. But how many of you set an intention and then you just grow? Something happens, something changes. Tamara, <clears throat> something changes. It was the morning of the first class, she made the decision. No, can I say what you said in there? Yeah. Okay. Um, she said. <laughs> Thank you, though. Would you Would you like to say no? No. No, I know. I'm totally fine with that. No, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, she said, I, I, uh, I, I, I thought about it. I prayed on it. I prayed on it because it's such a big decision. And when I thought about not doing it, she said, I just, I felt sick to my stomach. So that's one of the things about being unplugged. You know, being unplugged is you have to be authentic to yourself. You have to go in and ask the deep, hard question. And then you have to hold the space to see what the responses are. And be willing enough to know that there's a universe that supports you and has your back when you move in a certain direction. So that, to me, is freedom. But freedom does not call, come without being disciplined, being responsible to self, caring for self. Because God or this law of life can only do through you what you allow it to do. And if you can't receive your own care, how can this other ideal, this greater intelligence or this God look after you when you can't look after yourself? You know, that's really a misnomer for me. It's, a, it's, a, it's something that I have, I constantly work with myself. So it's not like, oh, please, God, how many times do you get on your knees when you can't figure it out? That was always me, right? And still to this day, we will go to treatment. We have a new word for it, a new way to pray, but it's still the same impetus sometimes, you know? I just can't do it. I'm going into prayer. Let's wind up. I can do it. I'm going to speak my word, claiming the truth of me now, and then let it go. A lot different, isn't it? From crawling, pleading, even though you've got a new languaging with spiritual mind treatment, and you start to understand that we're claiming instead of asking. We're not bartering. We're knowing truth, and we're opening to let that be so in our life and act as if that is so in our life. Big difference. Living unplugged. Yes, we can live unplugged from race consciousness, from the social norms, from society, but that's old news. We read that all the time. That's out there in all the self-help books. You know, we, we have to really get down to the, the nuts and bolts, which is unplugging from 
who we believe we are. Which is, I think we're all religious teachings, spiritual teachings, basically are really saying one and the same thing. You are that. Now, different teachings have different ways of getting to you are that. Ours is direct. It's a bigger jump. A bigger jump. But when we understand how to make that jump, then all we have to decide then is when to make the choice. Knowing that when you jump, you do release some things. Things will be different. But you're no less than who you were before you jumped. In fact, you're more. This whole idea of losing something, to get something, builds on the premise that we don't have it all right where we are, that we're not whole complete just the way we are. And most of our quests seem to affirm that there's something missing, therefore that's why we're questing. What if nothing were missing? Could you live unplugged? Oh, joy. I rejoice in this. I don't even have to understand what it is. I don't even have to know what my next step is. But I rejoice in this. You know, there's a couple of ways of, um, many ways of meditating, but one I've been working with lately, and one that was brought to my attention by Jill this morning. The first one is Tonglen. The Bodhisattvas use Tonglen as an expression of uh, not, not being separate from the world. And uh, I was talking about this last week when I was in Calvary speaking. I did a workshop called um, Dissolving Our Defenses. And Tonglen is a way where you know that God is everywhere present. But we seem in the modern day, or a lot of our meditations, I should say, are like, breathe out the toxins, breathe in the essence of goodness, right? Breathe out what's not good, what's rotting within, and breathe in the beauty and the magnificence of life. Now that's pranayama, that's kind of how the Hindus teach it, they, and, and that's pretty common, right? So you know that there's something that you can breathe in, and you're breathing in and washing yourself in and over with this beautiful white light energy, and it's all good in that moment. But I like Tonglen. Tonglen is the reverse. Tonglen is where you look at the suffering. You do it on television. Best to do it where you're a little more less subjective, and then work towards what you're subjective to. So, you look at something on television, or on Facebook. I saw a picture today where it showed all the wedding rings that were taken off the hands of the people in the Holocaust. And then right next to it, I saw all the rosaries that were taken off at the, from the people who were detained at the border. And I'm looking at this, and I'm thinking, Okay, a lot of suffering, right? So I breathe in Tonglen. I breathe in the suffering. I filled myself up with the sadness and the suffering. And what I perceived was the pain of others. I 
took it in, and I breathed out. Why? Because I have the capacity, because I know I am life and love and joy. I can take that in and I can transmute it within myself and give back out the truth. To me, it's more powerful. It speaks of oneness. Because we participated in the suffering. We participated in everything that comes up and is attracted to our mental atmosphere. We participated in not consciously, mostly not consciously, but we have. There's only one mind. We're all involved in this. So we're either going to take the stand that there's nothing that we need to live unplugged because we can accept this gloriousness right here, right now, because there's nothing else anyway, and stop reaching to improve, instead start self-approving of self in a way that takes us away from me-centeredness or selfishness and moves us to we-centeredness, which really is the I am. All one. But not if we don't feel we have the capacity to hold the grief, to hold the pain, to hold the sadness, and transmute it within through our own mind and knowing and faith in that which we don't know or have not yet demonstrated, and move back out that love and that joy and that life. We have an infinite supply. It's everything sourced within us. A little Zen cone for you. <coughs> Suzuki Roshi, I have been listening to your lectures for years. A student said during the question and answer time following a lecture, but I just don't understand. Could you please put it in a nutshell for me? Could you please reduce Buddhism to one phrase? <laughs> Everyone laughed. Suzuki laughed. And he said, everything changes. Then he asked for another question. <laughs> Living unplugged is letting go the tight grip we have consciously and working on the grips we have unconsciously to who we believe we are because we're so more. You sang it in your lyrics. I started the talk. <clears throat> I am still me and I am so much more than me. Then I can see. That's why we're on the spiritual path is to come into that knowing of who who we are, which is always changing and evolving. So you kind of see how insane it is, right? To, to grip and grasp onto something and go, this is who I am. Because you're, you're, you're not allowing for life to move through you. The magic of the mystery, the beauty, the infiniteness of love and wisdom. I was watching, um, do, you, do, you, do you guys know Bob Newhart? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow, yeah. wow. He's so funny. He's got such a dry web, doesn't he? And I don't know if you saw it on Facebook. Um, yes, I spend way too much on Facebook. Time on Facebook. But he was in the role of the psychiatrist. And this woman comes in. Just love this story. This woman comes in and she said, she's like with a bag, she's like, like this. He goes, uh, uh, yes, absolutely, Ken. Uh, we have five minutes. <laughs> and I just want to tell you that um, it's going to be five dollars. So she sits down, 
and she said, um, I want you to know that I, I, I am so nervous about, uh, I've got these dreams and these images come to me all the time and I, I can't go into the house and I can't sleep and I keep thinking I'm going to be buried in a box alive. And he looks at his watch. <laughs> and he said, oh, okay. And he said, is there anything else bothering you? Well, well I, I have to get, this is the biggest, I have to. He said, okay, okay, okay. Um, he said, I've got two words for you. And she said, oh, can I bring out my book and write this down? He said, well, okay, but normally two words you could probably remember. But sure, take out your journal and your pen. So she's all ready and she's poised for the answer, right? She's just waiting. And he looks at her and he goes, he puts his hand on his desk and he goes, stop it! <laughs> and she pulls the pen off and she goes, excuse me? Stop it! What do you mean, just like, stop it? And he goes, yes. He said, you have three minutes left. Are you done? It's only, he said, it's only $2. No, 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 I have other problems. So she went on and on and on and on. And um, then she got mad at him because for everything he said, stop it. And then at the very end, she says, uh, she gets mad at him and he says, well, I got 10 words for you. You better bring out your journal and your pen for this. So she could see her kind of seething and she's unsatisfied with this, uh, even though she's only paying $5. And she's ready for the 10 words. And he goes, if you don't stop it, I'm going to bury you live in the box. <laughs> and she gets up and she walks away. She throws her $5 down. Oh my God. I love Bob. We've got to be amused at ourselves. Really. <clears throat> unplugged. Unplugged. Another Zen cone. A horse suddenly came galloping quickly down the road. It seemed as though the man had somewhere important to go. Another man who was standing alongside the road shouted, Where are you going? And the man on the horse replied, I don't know, ask the horse. <laughs> kind of us too, isn't it? So, so how do we be in the flow of life, be unplugged, and yet have, you know, you're going to answer like or ask how to have some structure and to plan. Well, you can do all of that. You can do all of that, but know you're the thinker behind the thought. Know you are the master puppeteer. Pulling the strings, meaning creating the direction of your own unfoldment. And yet there is something still greater within you and within me that knows it knows and knows all. That has our back. That operates through the ongoing, automatic, impersonal, creative process of the unformed spiritual substance moving through us into our experience in a way that we can observe it and experience it by means of our contribution or impress into the subjective law. We are in full control and therefore we can let go. We are whole, perfect, and complete and therefore we can stop seeking, seeking, struggling, and everything. I really invite you just to go out and be, and be who you are. And not try to get off the grid to escape something, 
but come into the sacred circle, circle, the spiritual circle of your own life. You know, we're always trying to create outside and think outside the box. But we need to be living inside our sacred circle, in our own grid of our own making, in our own unique individualization. Building this foundation, building this congruent connection with the greater truth of who we are, with how we make our decisions, with how we communicate, with, with how we walk in this world. Love it. Walk gent gently, carry a big presence. Stay in your own grid. Don't try to get outside of it. You can think creatively right where you are. Unplug to me is freedom. But it does take work. It does take courage and faith. And you all have it like I have it. Like Tamara said. Ah. Go forth and multiply the good. <laughs> and so it is. Thank you for listening. If you've received value, we invite you to share this podcast and check out our website to register for our Let's Connect weekly newsletter, providing thought-provoking blogs along with the details of our upcoming courses and events. Blessings on your journey.